Hello everyone, we have a very special episode for you today. We'll be interviewing our first guest, Dylan Taylor, on the show. Dylan will very bravely and vulnerably share with us uh, from being a college dropout to hitting rock bottom and attempting suicide to getting into self-development and professional development and ultimately running his own very successful life coaching business on top of many other endeavors he's got going on. So stay tuned in, really powerful story, a lot of insight to be gathered, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome to everybody. This is In the Deep End with Tomas and Lexi. Yeah. Hey, everyone. We're very excited. Uh, Today, we have a guest on the show. Today's guest is my dear friend, Dylan Taylor. He's been my coach, my accountability and thinking partner. I was his coach at one point, and we now talk almost every week about what we have going on or what we are working towards. Dylan is a life and business coach. He has a blog, conveniently called Dill's Blog, a weekly email newsletter, an awesome podcast called YouTuber's Guide to the Galaxy, where he interviews professional YouTubers on how they've created content and how they've grown their audiences. He is in the end stages of writing and publishing his first book, where he's interviewing creators, business owners, and doers on pretty much how they do what they do. And his favorite color is blue. (laughs) (laughs) Those are all true. (laughs) Is it blue? blue. I just kind of guessed on that last one. Yeah, I think blue, some combination of blue, black, <laughs> very minimal. That was great. That was pretty wild. I've never heard someone intro me before. And it was uh, made, my, made my ego feel very good. And it was just very accurate. So thank you for that. <laughs> As somebody who doesn't know you, it was very impressive to to hear all the stats, all the Dylan stats. So long as I sound like an impressive person, that's all I really care about. But we'll, <laughs> I think that will be exposed, whether that's true or not, in this conversation. We'll find out. We'll find out surely enough. Uh, well, well, Dylan, we're we're so excited. I was telling Lexi a lot about you, um, and when we were trying to figure out who to have on the show, you were really at at the top um, of the list in terms of just who you are, uh, what you're about, how you go about creating things, and both very much in in who you are, you're very aligned with what you are and what you want to do and what you want to create in this world, and there's a lot of value in that that I'd love to talk about uh, for ourselves selfishly. And, and I think a lot of our listeners would really vibrate with. Um, and you do so much and we're going to try and cover as, as much as we can. But uh, can you start off by telling us simply uh, in your own words, you know, what is a life coach? And um, I imagine you didn't grow up when you were five years old and say, I want to be a life coach when I grow up. So, you know, what happened that you found yourself now running a, a very successful life coaching business? So what is life coaching and, and how did you end up running your own life coaching business? Really great questions. And before I answer them, I want to acknowledge you guys for even sitting down and starting this thing. Obviously, I spend a lot of time with people who create stuff and whether it's for profit, whether it is in the hopes to gain an audience of 100,000 people, or whether it's just something that you're doing with your friend because it's fun, I highly, highly encourage anybody to just do whatever that thing is. I mean, that's what the book is about. That's kind of what the podcast is about, whether it's a podcast or a blog or a YouTube channel or something like 
like this or something in between, most people just think about doing this stuff. So the fact that you guys have collectively sat down and prepared this and done and have done st- something like this and will upload episodes, most people don't do that. So it's an incredible honor to be here. Uh, and I was yeah really touched that you reached out to me to, to have this conversation. And um, I just wanted to acknowledge you guys first and foremost, because this is really, really cool, because most people only think about doing stuff like this. So what is a life coach? Man, there are so many ways to answer that question. Basically, <laughs> what I do is I sit down with individuals one-on-one, and I have very deep conversations about them. I ask very, hopefully, thought-provoking questions that aim to invoke insight. And I think a lot of people have a lot of, you know, there's a lot of negative connotations to what people think a life coach is. I think people think that it's someone who positions themselves as a life expert, a personal development expert, uh, an expert in goals or achievement or habits. And I'm not any of those things. I don't think I've met anyone who fits that persona. But uh, yeah, it's really just working with people to help them find their own answers because we all, most of us really just, we know what we have to do. We know what we want to do. We just almost act as though we need, or we are waiting for permission to do those things. And so it it sounds cheesy, but basically I just work with people to give them permission to live the lives that they want to live. And so that means figuring out what it is exactly that they want and then just making it happen and Mm. getting rid of any sort of roadblocks or stories or limiting beliefs that they may or may not have, which we all have. We all have stories that keep us from doing things. So that's really what I do. It's pretty simple. And uh, it's my favorite thing I've ever done. That's what it is. Uh, How I got here. Oh, man. (laughs) There's a yeah, there's a long winding road. And I hope you're okay with me sort of telling this this story because it really started with uh, me just being kind of a loser growing up. <laughs> what I mean, what I mean is, I, I laugh and Lexi's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Tomas is like, yeah, it's true. You're a loser now, dude. And Lexi's like, oh, I'm sure you were fine. Um, what I mean by loser was, you know, I had friends growing up. I had a great life. It was nothing like that, but. I just never really took care of myself. I was never really responsible. I didn't have any good habits. I was not prudent. I made no plans. I was not an executor. I was a talker, you know, in my teenage years. And I think this is common for a lot of teenagers. I don't know a lot of very, very successful, prudent teenagers, but it really bled into my transition into adulthood, particularly when I went to college. And uh, I was a horrible student. Never should have gone to college. Why did I go to college? I was hor- I was a horrible student in high school. And then I was like, you know what would make this better? Making it really expensive and being completely on my own with no supervision, with complete access to women, <laughs> drugs, and alcohol anytime I wanted. I think that would really make me a better student than I already am. <laughs> and lo and behold, it didn't. It made things so much worse. And I just, I hated school. I, I, I I still, the thought of anyone telling me what I should be working on, what I should be learning, what I have to get done, it really, it's revolting to me. And we'll get into what I did about that and have done about that. But when I was in college, that was not a good, that was not a, that was not a great trait for me to have because I had to get things done. I had to, to be sort of obedient and conscientious and I just wasn't, I didn't care. 
And every year I would sort of just go with the flow, see what happens. And I, you know, I would fail classes. I would literally, I had such an inability to do things I didn't want to do. I remember this, I completely remember this. It was a, an essay I had to write for one of my political science classes in my second year. And I so didn't want to do it that <laughs> I just didn't do it. And I just failed the class knowing that I made that decision. I was like, I'd rather fail the class. I would rather fail this class than sit here all night and write this essay. And so I just didn't do it. And I failed that class. And that sort of paints, I think, the picture of who I was and what I was willing to do and what I was willing to not do. And you add that year after year after year, it does not add up to a successful academic career. It leads to, uh, man, you have created a mountain of debt for yourself, both money and time and energy because I was failing classes. And in my fourth year, I found acting. I found theater, something that I had wanted to do for years, but it took me that long to actually build up the courage to do something about it. And I auditioned. I got a small role. That was really fun. And that was sort of my entrance into the world of theater. And I promise this will all make sense. It will all wrap around to your 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 question. But that was huge for me because that was the first time in my entire life I had found something that I was obsessed with, that I wanted to spend every day doing and getting better at, that was productive. It wasn't, because up until then it was video games, it was partying, and that's really it. Those are, you know, I liked soccer a lot in high school, but it's like, what am I going to do, become a professional soccer player? No. Mm -hmm. But this was the first time in my life where I was like, dude, I think I want to be an actor. Like, I think I could see myself doing this for my career. Like, I could make money doing this. And it looked great. So I, I entered that world. I started the, the following year. I got like the lead role in several plays in a row. And I felt like I was getting pretty good at it. I was like, wow, I, I genuinely, this is not, this doesn't feel like a pipe dream. I genuinely think, oh, I think I have the talent and the propensity to get good at this, to really make something happen here. I started dating another actor, you know, was, was first time I was in love and felt very comfortable there in that community. And so I think on the outside, the house of my life looked very beautiful, but what most people didn't know, and I didn't even really know at the time, is it was on a foundation that was rotting. It was just completely a crumbling, awful uh, base underneath it. Mm -hmm. Because again, I didn't have any good habits, I had no plan, and I had no propensity to take actual action and figure things out and solve problems. I was just like, I'm going to be an actor. That's great, Dylan, man. What do you, I mean, how are you going to market yourself? How are you going to make a career out of this? What, what kind of, how are you going to make money as you're pursuing this career? It's kind of a grinding, unforgiving job to take on. What are you going to do about it? No, dude, no, man, I'm just going to be an actor. Great, man. Good luck. That's, that sounds excellent. And uh, that's all I had. And I even, with my girlfriend at the time, we went up to New York. We auditioned for grad schools. We did the Erdas. I got into three schools, uh, one in Birmingham in the UK, the, Acad the Academy of Art in California, and the University of Long Island. And I was like, I'm going to go to grad school. I'm going to become a world-class actor. But my horrible habits and my doing nothing for years, like I said, it added up. It did not add up to me graduating. Uh, I, I, it led to me failing out of college to the point at where after five years, they were like, dude, you, you got to know. Like, you can't even continue. You have to go and you have to pay us this money that you owe us because we gave you loans to go to class and you didn't even go to class. That's what oh, I didn't mention that. I was 
my major was not theater. It was political science. And so I loved theater so much that I would skip my political science classes to sit in on, I wasn't registered, but I would sit in on the acting classes. And it felt great. It felt like I was pursuing my passion, but wow. I, you know, what am I going to, I tell the Dean that I'm like, no dude, like, trust me, I'm, you know, I'm very passionate about this. And he's like, I don't care. Get the fuck out. Like you have to leave. <laughs> this is how it works. <laughs> anyway, uh, I failed out spring semester of 2017. Uh, they said you cannot continue here. And I had to go back home, live with my mom. And that was demoralizing. I was really, really embarrassing because while I was doing that, all of my friends were graduating and they were moving to different places around the country, some to different countries. And and Dylan, I, just for context, when you then yeah. move back, are you, you're like 21, 22 at this point when you, you, you fail out of school and move back home? I was 23 because I 23. did college for five years. Most people okay. graduate and they're 22. I had an extra year, yeah. so I was 23. And I remember, it's funny, that's a good question because I remember feeling like, dude, I'm already 23. I'm an adult. How do I not have my life figured out yet? <laughs> Which, yeah, of course, yeah. sounds so silly now. But I literally felt, I felt like a true loser. And all of those, those three grad schools that I got into, I couldn't attend any of them. So I had to send them emails saying that I didn't graduate and I can't go to your school, which was heartbreaking. And at that same time, for a multitude of reasons, my girlfriend that I was in love with, she broke up with me. Uh, which was... <laughs> Thank you, Lexi. <laughs> I'm all on the, I'm I feel like you're the... my emotional hype man. I, I am. I'm, fe I'm feeling that today for sure. For sure. Man, I, no, it feels good. It has a happy ending, I swear. Okay, good, good. Because I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat here, emotionally invested. So Good. Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> and I was just, I felt like I would just had to go back to my mom, you know, with my tail between my legs. So funny too, because she, before I went to college, she was like, Dylan, are you sure? Maybe you should just hang around at home, go to the community college, just work at a restaurant. Maybe get your, get your life together before you go to a four-year university. And I was like, shut up, mom. You don't know anything. I'm going to a four-year university. I'm not going to be some loser who lives with you and works at a restaurant. And then five years later, I failed out of college. And then I was some loser who lived at my mom's house and had to work at a restaurant to get his life together. So she was completely right. And that was the hardest moment of my entire life. I felt like, like I said, a complete loser. I felt like I had nothing. I didn't have any skills. I, I acquired no skills other than acting. And it's and I owed so much money, not only immediate money that I had to pay the school, but my college, my student loan debt that I still have to this day. And I have no job lined up. My girlfriend, that the only the only constant, the thing that I like had going for me was this this woman that I loved. She broke up with me, so I I felt like I had nothing to offer, frankly. And it mm -hmm. felt like there was this incredible mountain that I have to climb, and I don't even know where to start. Where do I even start? Is how it felt. I was so overwhelmed. And uh, that June, I don't remember the date, but that June, I went to the liquor store. And for weeks I had been hanging out with friends. And I think even for my mom, I had been collecting prescription pain pills and antidepressants, just a concoction mm -hmm. of pretty powerful prescription medication with, yeah, a plan in mind. And one Saturday after weeks of doing that, I went to the liquor store and I got a fifth of Jim Beam. Haven't I, I have to this day, I have not had Jim Beam 
cents. <laughs> and I got a fifth of it. And that night, I remember I was watching, I was in my room at my mom's house. I didn't have a car at this time. And I was watching Californication, which is like a Showtime show. It's a very rock star show about this writer. And uh, I just was drinking the entire fifth, slowly but surely. It was getting later and later and later. And I was like, no, 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 probably shouldn't, probably shouldn't. And then eventually, you know, sitting there at my office desk, I was like, fuck it. Let's do it. So I had, it was in a little baggie and I just took an entire handful and I, yeah, shot it down with whiskey or bourbon. And that was that. And I, I remember playing um, the Rolling Stones. I was playing, you can't always get what you want by the Rolling Stones. I was like, I'm going to go out like a rock star. And oh, then gosh. that was on a Saturday night. That was on a Saturday night. And I woke up around 4 or 5 p.m. on Monday. So I had slept through an entire day uh, on Mm. Sunday, and I woke up on Monday later in the day. I I opened my eyes. I was completely dizzy. Like, my orientation was completely off. It It was still spinning. It was the worst headache, worst hangover I've ever had in my entire life. And... Uh, no, my mom didn't, my mom, I was so quiet that my mom didn't even know I was home. Remember, I didn't have a car, so mm-hmm. she didn't know where I was. She thought I was just somewhere else. You know, that's how quiet I was. And I woke up and immediately thought, dude, this ain't it. Mm-hmm. Like whatever we've been doing, uh, this is not mm. it. And I'm not religious by any means, but that really was when I when I physically woke up from that. I also, in a spiritual sense, I like woke up. I was like, "This is okay, okay. Let's something's got to give. We we got to do something about this because I, if nothing changes, nothing will change. If I don't change, nothing will change. And mm-hmm. I wanted something to be different, and that so immediately I was like, "Well, then I have to be different. I have to change the way I do things." Clearly, so mm-hmm. uh, that's really where you know. That's an important story because a big part of life coaching, I think you can't be in this business if you're not interested in self-improvement, if you're not thinking constantly about developing yourself as a human being, as a business owner, everything involved. So that was where I started caring about taking control of my life. And that's when I started to take control of my life. And so immediately my decision was, okay, I have one skill acting. Do I do I pursue this? Do I start pursuing this as I get my shit together? And my my after thinking about it for a few days, I was like, I'm not ready. It is all I've heard about acting is how unforgiving it is, and how you know you 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 really have to. So much onus is on you and how you get work for yourself and how you take care of yourself outside of it. I know I'm going to have to work other jobs, like probably multiple jobs. And I was like, dude, I think I've proven that I do not have the responsible skills necessary to actually do all of that on my own. So I will put that on hold and I will just get a job at a restaurant and I will start to slowly build structure and build habits for myself. So I started working at the Cheesecake Factory uh, that was closest to my house. And that's exactly what I started doing. I started love, to build structure for myself. I started to factory. Sorry, love Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> shout out. Shout out. Hey, shout out Cheesecake Factory. Cheesecake uh, Factory. I owe 
<laughs> I owe my life to that place, uh, genuinely. And, and I also and love Dylan, it. Yeah. I want to jump in right here because you're kind of going through it and I love this was a massive turning point for you. And so in the way, because I think it highlights later on like who you are and how you go about. So for you in that moment, I mean, were you conscious of making that decision of like, okay, my first step in the direction I want to go is like, just get an attainable, steady job. Like that is step one. Was there that kind of reasoning for you? Like acting, there's a lot there. Okay, where can I get a job? Where can I show up and just have somewhere to go and work and, and just get myself back? Was that you kind of identified that for yourself as step one? Or was, was that process even around like that? Or what happened with that? Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing is I need money. Yeah. Like I, I need money. So yeah, I need I need a job. And I, it should be something that I, I had worked in restaurants for years. That was my only job experience that I had on my resume. So I was like, okay, restaurant, let me wake tables at a, and the Cheesecake Factory was, you know, not some rinky dink place. Uh, it's like fake fancy, you know, it, it at least appears to be of an, some sort of upper echelon. And I was like, okay, well I'll go there. And it's very busy. It, it's incredibly packed all the time. So I was like, okay, I could probably make some good money there. And that was true. And so, yeah, I mean, my first thought was I owe the school immediate money on top. Mm -hmm. Like I have to have a job, you know, yeah. I have to be doing something where I'm making money. What am I going to do? Live, I'm live, already living at my mom's house. What am I going to do? Ask her for money every time I need food. So that was really that. And once I started to do that, all of those other things came. So structure, uh, uh, I started, I think the first thing I did was, oh, I'll, I'll start a morning routine, right? I started diving into all of these, all of the cheesiest more, like mo morning motivation YouTube videos that are five minutes long with just the cheesiest inspirational music in the background. I ate that stuff up because I had never, I had never heard that stuff before. I had never even considered the very simple foundations of personal development of like, you're in control. What are you going to do about it, right? No one's coming to help you. How are you going to take charge? Like all these things that, you know, I've been in this world for years now. It's all, it's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you got to take action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're, you know, full ownership. Yeah, yeah, But at the time I was like, wait a minute. It's me? I, no one's going to just give me money? Like I have yeah. to do it? This yeah. is revolutionary. <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> so, uh mind blown i started to do the i started to do all the things that people would say i started waking up earlier i started building a morning routine for myself i started reading and i started i got a gym membership i started working out and also i had structure i had this job that i would go to and i was building relationships i was becoming a better leader i was making some money i paid off the immediate debt that i owed the school within that first year and I also utilized these habits and this structure. And I was like, you know, I've been talking about doing creative projects for, for years. I'm going to do it. So I started a YouTube channel. I started a podcast. None of them went anywhere, but it was like, basically the whole compass was, I'm prove, let me prove to myself that my life is what I say my life is. I want my life to be a certain way. Okay. I'm going to make it that certain way. I am not powerless. I am not in the passenger seat. I am in the driver's seat. And that's really what I did. I did that for several years. I became way more confident. I got in better shape. I made new friends. I started, I learned how to do a podcast, like simple video editing, simple audio editing. 
And I taught myself that I could learn skills and that I could develop habits. And that was very huge. That was, that was, those were pivotal years, me working at the Cheesecake Factory. And so then late 2019, I hit a point where I was like, okay, we have now leveled up, Dylan. We are, we are at, I don't know, whatever, whatever the next echelon is, it's time to leave this restaurant, right? I'm not going to be working here for 10 years. What's next? I have now acquired these level one skills. Now what's level two? How do I utilize these skills and what's level two? And so I started looking around for sort of big boy jobs, like sales jobs. I was interested in business. I was interested in sales, marketing, all that stuff. So how, how can I actually get into this world? And so I got a job at this home remodeling company, Power Home Remodeling. And I stopped working at the restaurant at the end of 2019. At the beginning of 2020, I started working here at this home remodeling company. Phenomenal company. Very, very, um, they treat their employees really well. The leadership opportunities are absolutely incredible. The people that I met there, everyone is super into personal development. So you just, you feel like you meet a lot of your people and there's, it's like a healthy competition. There's so much money that could be made there. Um, it was great. And I fucking hated it. I hated it so, so much. It <laughs> was my least. I thought you were going with that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there was this cognitive dissonance because I was like, wow, this place is so great. I hate the job because it was like door-to-door -door sales. Mm. I was pitching people in the grocery store. It was very cold sales. It's like, hey, miss, how you doing? Uh, hey, quick question. Let me ask you. And it was overcoming objections. Whereas, you know, the business I run now is completely warm. It's hot sales. It's like building mm -hmm. a relationship with someone for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then eventually collectively having a conversation about working together. But this was cold sales, which made me very uncomfortable. And I just didn't like it. I frankly didn't like it. And I didn't like, as I was building up myself, I realized very quickly, I don't, I cannot stand other people. Just like when I was in school, I cannot stand other people telling me what time to show up, what to work on, what to learn. Um, what to wear, how to act. I, I hate it. I genuinely, I, I, a deep value of mine is complete and full autonomy over my life and how I spend my time and what I work on and what I learn, everything. And then something happened at the beginning of 2020 that shut the whole world down. Uh, yeah, so I think that was mid-March. Yeah, COVID happened, obviously. Yeah. Everything shut down. And the, the turning point for me, guys, was when they said, we're, we're going to take time off of work because there's a global pandemic uh, that's killing a bunch of people. My first thought was, oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. That's so great. That's such good news because I hated the, the, the break, job. The taking a break part, everyone. Not, not no, everyone no, getting sick. No, yeah, no my point, no, my point of that <laughs> is me hearing such awful news and me feeling, oh, thank God, that... To me, it was like, mm, that's not good. That's not, uh, that shouldn't yeah. be my first reaction. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's not a, a great, a great thing to think. But it highlighted to me just how much I should not be working there. I was like, you can't be working at a place where when you, when you hear there's a global pandemic and you're not going back to work, you're like jumping for joy. But I was, I, I was really happy because I didn't have to go back. So I got furloughed, went on unemployment for two months. And basically had a job, was getting money, but I wasn't going to this job that I hated. So instead, I had all the time in the world to go back to the things that I loved, building my own day, working on creative projects, getting back into the YouTube channel, back into the podcast. And I 
for the first time in months since starting that job, I felt like myself again. I felt like full. I felt aligned. Mm -hmm. I was no longer dreading my days, which I was at that job. I was really, I was waking up and I was like, I can't wait to do these things today. And right away, I was like, I can't go back to this job, man. Uh, whenever they go back, I can't go back. Like I have to live a life that's like this. This has to be the way that I live my life. I have to look forward to my days. I have to look forward to what I'm working on. I, I, I can't wake up, get ready, go to a job, come home drained, exhausted, no time for anything. And then like I was working six days a week too. I wasn't very good at it. So I had to hit my numbers. And so I had to work an extra day each week. I worked uh, Monday through Saturday. Wow. So every Sunday, that was my only day off. And that was really my only time to hang out with people. And uh, I just had the Sunday scaries every single Sunday because I was just terrified for the next day, which was Monday, do it, to do it all over again. And I was like, no one should live like this. No one mm -hmm. should live like this. And so um, I quit. I quit that May. I said, I'm not coming back. And then with my friend's help, I started freelancing. I became a copywriter, a content writer. I started making crappy websites for people. Uh, anything I could do to make money online and live the life that I want to live, which is like, I'm working at home. I create my work schedule. I create everything. How do I do that? Um, it was not, can I do this? It was how I have to do this. How can I do this? Which is, I think, a big theme in my life. Um, not asking, can I actually do this? But ask, asking instead, how can I, I? Okay, yes, I can. This is possible. People have done this. I can do this. How can I do this? Let me figure this out. And so I was just stumbling around, living off of those two months of unemployment. And again, work, living at my mom's house, which was great. So not paying rent. And it was, you know, an uncertain time. And it was very stressful because I had to, I was freelancing. I had to find clients. I had to find money. But it was way less stressful than showing up to this job that I absolutely hated. And that drained the life out of me, even though I was making way more money there. So at that time, I joined an online mastermind uh, with some friends. And then there was this woman in there who was a life coach. And we just, every week we would meet, we would talk about our goals, what we were working on, what are we going through? What are you struggling with? And I just, I, I ate it up. I loved it. I've, I just, I love personal development, have loved it for years. I always want to know what are you working on? What are you running into? What, what are the challenges? Yeah. What, what, what's, what are your goals? How do we, okay. How do we refine this? How do we narrow this down? How do we make this more doable for yourself? And then she would just kind of listen to how I would talk to everybody in these groups. And she said, Dylan, I think you should try. Have you ever tried life coaching? And I said, no, that sounds stupid. Why would I do that? <laughs> that sounds like a really dumb. Big dummy, dummy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what it was. Like the first question you asked, I didn't know what it was. And I just thought it was like Tony Robbins who was up on a stage like, Raw rawing, like getting yeah, people to let's go jump up and down. Affirmations. And, and... That's right. That's right. Voice That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I don't want. Yep. I and I was like, I want no part of it. And she was like, No, 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 no. It's not like that. It's not like that. She was ICF certified, so she went through a very intense program to learn how to coach. Anyway, she's like, No, it's mostly questions. Just you can help people however you want. It it doesn't have to be some big fancy schmancy thing. So I was like, All right. Blah, blah, blah. So I started to invite my friends and just coach them for free. I was like, hey, I think I might, I'm, I want to try life coaching. Can I coach you for free? And a bunch of my friends were like, yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? And within the first two weeks, I just loved it. I was like, wow, this is pretty 
this is pretty cool where in just a matter of a few conversations, I was seeing my close friends start to make changes and take certain actions that they otherwise wouldn't have made if we didn't have those conversations, right? Mm -hmm. so like setting better boundaries, actually take it like, wow, you know, I've been thinking about like doing something about this for months, but you know, you actually talk to someone and hold yourself accountable to it and you, act, it, you start to move the needle. And I was like, whoa, this is really cool. This is a kind of a powerful thing. And I said, this is something just like acting. I like this and people mm -hmm. do this for a living. So I, I could probably do this. How do I do this? How do I make this my job? And I have, I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea. Um, that other life coach who encouraged me to do that, she was trained in life coaching, but she had sort of another, she has another business that was more, more tutoring. She didn't know too much about uh, how to create paid clients. So I was like, who, I was like, okay. I didn't know any coaches, like full-time life coaches, who could create regular paying clients and sustain their lives. So I was just kind of stumbling on my own. I didn't really, I didn't really have a community. Well, I didn't have a community. But some of the people I was coaching, my friends, they were like, dude, I'll, I'll start paying for this. I was like, wow, okay, that sounds great. And I was so terrified to say a number. And eventually I was like, Okay, man, I hope they don't get upset. I hope they don't leave me. But how about $40 a session? <laughs> Is that, would that be okay? And they were like, yeah, sure. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be rich. $40, $40 an hour. That's a, that's a great paying job, eh? Uh, and Tomas, for anyone listening, Tomas and I are, are laughing. I don't know if you're familiar with the world of life coaching, Lexi, but that is like, that's like nothing. That's like, you might as well be paid $0 for a session. And that just kind of built and built and built. And eventually I was like, dare I charge $80 a session? $80? <laughs> and I did. I was like, hey guys, it's going to be $80 now. And they were like, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay. Oh, this is incredible. And then it, it, it was going into the year of 2021. I was still freelancing. That was how I was making my money. And I was kind of coaching on the side, you know, here and there per session basis. And then I heard this thing called packaging where it's like, don't, don't do a per session basis, sell a three month package. It's more commitment by them. You make more money, yada, yada. And so I did that with two of my clients and they signed on for three month packages. And I was like, I'm, I'm a fucking pro. I don't, you know, I don't need anyone's help. I'm, you know, I'm a genius. I'm going <laughs> mm. to make it. Yeah. And then I used that energy and I was like, I think I'm going to really go for this. This is going to be my full-time career. And then in March of 2021, I joined the Insight Coaching Community. That's where I met Tomas. And very quickly, I learned, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have absolutely no idea how to build systems to run a business. I have no idea what it actually takes to regularly create clients. I was just running around blind and kind of getting lucky. You know, um, what is it? A, a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then, and that's really what had happened. And so joining the Insight Coaching Community, finding my my mentor, who's still my my mentor, John Strasser, and learning how to actually run a business, how to connect with people and how to show up as a professional coach, how to conduct yourself in a coaching session, just taking everything and just really refining it down to here's exactly how I do this. 
and Tomas was my first coaching partner. What's uh, up? Yep. Really, really um, damaged my coaching, but then uh, forever. Once, yeah, forever. But then <laughs> you know, once once I got a new coaching partner, then I, I actually no, 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 just kidding. Um, and yeah, that's really it. That's that was the start of me pursuing it full time. And the goal was, and I think the goal for any entrepreneur should be as simple as I want my monthly income to be greater than my monthly expenses. That has to be, that has to be the first goal. Because if that's not happening, you can't, it's, I mean, it's literally not going to sustain itself. It's nothing's going to work. And so I think goal number one, you have to make money. This cannot work if I'm not making money. And so it took nine months uh, for that to start regularly happening. Well, no, it was really September. So six months, six, seven months. Yeah, about seven months where my income was higher than my expenses at a regular rate. So like every single month, it's either a little bit higher or much higher than my expenses. So I'd say it took about seven months of, yeah, just treating it like a full-time job, getting scarily close to not being able to pay my rent a few times. But uh, that's really it. And yeah, since then, it's been my my full-time practice, just like a, you know, anywhere from eight to... 23 one-on-one clients and I've I'm a team leader in the ICC the inside coaching community so I also there I help coaches level up their businesses and start their businesses and create clients and yeah since then I would just say that it's just been not only my dream job but also has provided a ton it's exactly what I want it's provided a ton of leverage where I have free time all the time in the world to do the things that I want to do, play chess, jujitsu, rock climb, hang out with my friends, uh, but more importantly, pursue other creative projects. So write blogs in the morning, work on this book that I'm hopefully going to publish, you know, at some point before I die and <laughs> work on this podcast. These are the things that uh, I care most about. And going back to when this all, you know, this decision point in 2020 to quit that job, this is exactly what I want it. I want complete autonomy. I want to only work on projects that I want to work on. And it's been, yeah, a pretty wild two years since then. I guess now coming up on three years. But yeah, that's really what I'm about. That's how I became a life coach. That's how I became, yeah, this guy that I am today sitting in this chair. Uh, just heavily defining what it is exactly that I want, how I want to spend my time, and then just asking the question, okay, these are the constraints. How do I make this work? And am I willing to put in the consistency, the persistence, and time needed to do this? Because, yeah, it's not going to happen in a week. And I guess for me, yeah, it took about three years to, to get to this aligned point, as you put, Tomas. But that was my incredibly long story of what life <laughs> coaching is and how I became one. Wow. It's wow. really impressive. Is that, is that it? <laughs> is there? <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of just want you to keep talking uh, I can, because I can, I can say more. It's so ins it's so inspiring, Dylan. And for somebody who doesn't know you at all, I mean, and you described it so succinctly: the struggle when you realized you needed to change something, and then the execution. And I think, like for for the people listening, you know, to really take that in that you know that it is possible to create change in your life 
regardless of where your starting point is, you know, it just was, was really inspiring to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, Yeah. That's lovely to hear. Yeah. I mean, so many things, so many things about what you said, um, were really, um, you know, and just how now you have, it seems like you've developed this really, and you're, you're so adaptable too. It sounds like when there needs to be a change made, you make a change. And that's such a courageous thing, um, for anybody to kind of own. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I'm impressed. I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm impressed. (laughs) Thank you. you're welcome. What I, what I loved hearing, a, a lot of this I'd, I'd heard before, obviously, and a lot of it kind of was like another level deeper of, of everything. And what I loved hearing is the journey of you acquiring the skill sets that you're now, like nothing was wasted. Like everything you're doing now is because of all of those moments of your life where you learn different little skill sets. And um you know, just in some of it, it was um, just the freelance copywriting and then like having to figure out how to find clients in this and where can I do that? Where can I do that? Or the door-to-door salesman job. Like I'm going to go up to a stranger and say, hey, do you want to buy something? And like that sales, <laughs> learning that and learning how to step into absolute uncomfortability of asking strangers to buy something from you. And, um, and all that experience, like I can hear that layered of so much of what I was thinking of wanting to ask you is like, you answered, I was like, Oh, I, I understand so much more now, because you had the, the that, and then you had the, the sales, and then the coaching and asking your friends and then charging more. And so I could see how so many parts of your journey. Um, oh, and then I love starting a YouTube and podcast that didn't work. Or yeah. like didn't do what it wanted to do, but but it did work because it just got you doing YouTube and podcasts. And now at this level, you have editing, writing, recording, sales, conversate, like all these skills packaged together to actually be working on what you want to work on every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um I tell people that it's not even about say a podcast for example and this is not to assume that this is you know a project that will be scrapped but i i think for a lot of people a lot of times it's not even about the podcast you're doing right now it's about the podcast you're doing 2 years from now with those 2 years of experience and consistency and practice and just figuring out right like there was a great austin cleon quote he wrote the book uh show your work And he was talking about why start a daily blog or like why start a blog in the first place. But I think you can uh, replace that with any sort of creative endeavor. And, you know, you don't start a blog to tell people your talk about your ideas. Even something like this, I would bet, and you guys tell me if you disagree with this, you don't, you guys didn't start this to share your ideas with the world. In fact, you started this because you want to know what your ideas are, even if that's an indirect uh result that comes from this like you don't even know what is going to be shared in this podcast i didn't know what i was going what i was going to actually share on my blog but you use it to regularly check in with yourself and have accountability to have something to say and when you have to have something to say on a regular basis you really figure out well what do i think you know it's not it's not just like a complete library that you have and it's like okay now it's just about you know 
sharing what what I, what I have at my disposal. It's about, well, let me figure out what do I think about the world? What do I think about myself? What do I think about the things that are happening to me? So I'm getting off the rails now, but I think I'll mirror what I said at the beginning, man. If there's a creative pursuit that someone is thinking about doing, it just makes no sense to me why you wouldn't do it because you guys, whatever comes of my podcast, whatever comes of my blog, whatever comes of this podcast you guys are doing, we will never look back on on this and go, yeah, man, like, why did I, why did I waste my time doing that? Right? Because mm-hmm. it's never a waste of time, no matter what the result is. There's always something to be used. There's always value to derive from it. So I, I like that point you just made. Yeah. And um, you saying that, Dylan, what advice would you give somebody who wants to start something, but is feeling, you know, they're not good enough. They're feeling really fearful. What would you tell somebody like that? Read my book. <laughs> Buy it on Amazon. <laughs> What's the name? Wait, I didn't. What is the name? When it of comes the book? out. No, just. Well, well, it's what, uh, do the thing. Do it's, the thing. Oh, I love that. I Well, that answers my question. Yeah. Just do the thing. Just do it. Yeah. Uh, but that, yeah, obviously being tongue in cheek here, I think the big, the big piece of advice is, man, I mean, there's, there's so much here, but the first and the first and most important thing is you have to ask, why do you want to do this thing? Is it because you want notoriety or money? Because if that's the case, that's probably not a great starting off point. It should be something that just sounds fun first and foremost. Does it sound fun? Is it content that you yourself would consume? So for example, my blogs, I read my blogs. I like them. You know, when I finish it and I upload it, I read back, I read it back because I want to, you know, look for things I could change or maybe, you know, mistakes I've made, but like, I like it. I I like reading my stuff. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is fun to read. Um, I want to be captivated and interested in what, what I have to say and what I, what I share my podcasts, you know, I obviously want to build an audience and I want people to listen to them, but I, I love these conversations. I, I go back and listen to my podcasts. There are some that I've listened to. I almost listen to regularly, not because I like the sound of my own voice, but because I really gained a lot of insight in those conversation. And all that is to say, why do you want to do this? So to answer your question, Lexi, if someone wants to start something and they're feeling afraid, they're, they're, that's what the book is about. It's like, we all are thinking about creating something. And the only thing that's actually in the way are whatever fears we're telling ourselves that keep us from just like hitting record or hitting upload. Or like I said, you two, you both, especially there's two of you, right? Um, so you have two sets of stories and obstacles and you know things that could get in the way. So the fact that you both are like, nope, we're doing it. We're just going to see what happens. We're going to hit upload. We'll figure it out. Like we'll, we'll just figure it out. Mm-hmm. You did the thing. That is the absolute most important thing. So first and foremost, I would ask, why do you want to do this? Is it for clicks? Is it for subscribers? Is it for money? If that's the answer, I would rethink whether or not this is something that would be worth your time. I think first and foremost, the answer should be, it just sounds super fun to do this. It's clear that that's why you guys sat down to do this. Obviously I have insider information, but Tomas was like, yeah, I just think, I don't know. I don't even know what I want it to be. I just want to like sit down with Lexi and just, you know, do a podcast. That's how it should start. That's how it should start. You don't need to know what the first year of it's going to look like. You don't even need to know what the first few episodes are going to look like. Just sit down do something rather than nothing. Don't talk about it. Just sit 
and hit publish. Publish anything. Do anything. And once that is established, once you have now put something into the ether, it's gone from here into the world, whether it's online or whether it's a podcast into the ears of other people, uh, I would say understand that it's probably going to be garbage. Just <laughs> It's just going to suck. It's not going to be that good. And that is completely okay. That's actually perfect because it is only through bad work, work that makes you cringe. Like I can't go, I like reading my blogs now, but if I have to go back and read my blogs from two years ago, I can't make it. But if, you know, a few sentences, I'm like, God, you're so like, I'm like, yeah, you're arrogant. Like, well, who, who do you think you like, who do you think you are saying this? You're, you're positioning yourself like an expert. You're some master. You're like, I was like harsh. My, just my sentence structure. I was like, oh, this is terrible. But you know, I had to do that at that point continuously to get to the point where I am now, right? So uh, insight, wisdom, skill, these are earned. These are not things that you can just have or not have. You have to earn them, and you earn them through consistently publishing work that just isn't as good as it is going to be two years from now. That's just how it works. So no matter how good this, I love you guys, and I'm, I, uh, this is not an insult. I, I, I hope that this is actually encouraging. No matter how good this podcast is, it will not compare to a podcast that you do two years from now if you just do this consistently. It just won't compare. You'll be so much better at asking questions, at the flow of the conversation, at doing, you will have done so many intros together, right? So it's mm -hmm. gonna be so much different than the intro that you did today. Uh, it's just, that's, that's just what's going to happen. It's like, if you sit down and play piano for 10 minutes every day for a year, a year from now, you'll literally have no choice but to be way better at piano. Like it's, you have no choice but to get better, but that just comes from repetitions and consistency. And that is really boring advice because that's, it's just, it's boring and it's mundane and there's resistance, but that's really it. Boring, boring so, is usually good, you know? Boring is good. <laughs> um, and, and, and Dylan, when, when you kind of, um, you're, you're kind of answering it, but you know, I love what you just said of, it just sounds super fun to do this, like in terms of how do I want to do something? Or, and then looking at why do you want to do this thing? And, and for you, it's, it's easy to look now and be like, look at how much he, he's the blog, uh, the newsletter, the book. For those who are, have all the ideas and are, are on that ledge and like, which cliff do I jump off of? How for you, um, what was the first big outlet for you? Was it the YouTube? Was it the blog? And like, and how did you, I guess, choose that? Say, you know what? This is the one I'm going to do. You know what? I'm going to just start writing a blog and sharing it with my friends and family. What was that first? Because now there's six, seven creative outlets that you're actively pursuing. What was that first leap that helped really start the domino to then be a little bit more open and free to try some other things? It was definitely the blog because that seemed the simplest. That's that's really just one skill, sitting down and typing. Whereas something like a YouTube video, it's like, huh, I have to buy equipment. I have to write scripts. I have to learn how to edit. I have to learn, you know, how, how white balancing. I still don't know how to white balance. I've been using cameras for years. I don't know what white balance is. I don't know how to do it. I'm, I think it's just made up by the government. I don't believe it's real. And uh, podcasting, right? I have to learn how to record. I have to learn how to... Writing a blog 
could be as simple as you don't even need a, a blog. You can just write a Facebook post. That's really it. Just write three paragraphs, type, 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 publish. Now people can see it. Very, very simple. And I think while it can be maybe daunting to look at someone who has these creative outlets that are defined and consistent, I have attempted so many things and scrapped most of them. It's like the Edison quote. What is it? He's like, I didn't, I didn't figure out how to make a light bulb. I figured out 999 ways to not make a light bulb. And that's really yeah. it. So I think we just tr- like, if you're in, again, if you're interested in doing something, just try it Yeah. and it will either be fun and you will feel either. I always think it's like value versus resistance. Do you get, how much value do you get from this and how much resistance is there? Because if the value is lower than the resistance, then it's just going to feel like a chore and it's not going to sustain itself and you're going to quit. And I think a lot of times you should quit. If it just feels like a chore and it's not fun, you're getting no value from it, quit. Like, it's not like you are giving up. You're like, no, this makes sense for me to stop doing. That's how I felt at Power Home Remodeling. I was like, my God, I hate this so much. I'm going to quit. So I can spend my time doing something that is worth my time, that is valuable for me and that I can sustain. So to answer your question, Tomas, it was the blog because it was just so easy. All I have to do is sit down for 10 minutes to 45 minutes, type some thoughts and hit upload. That's it. There's no overhead. I mean, I needed like a host for a website and stuff. So I had to, you know, there's, there's some digital payments, but I was just like, here you go. And I didn't care who read it. For months, it was just my my friend Grace, who still is you know a, a big supporter of my work. And I was like, all right, if I can write something, and if Grace can read it, that's completely fine, and that's what held me over. But more importantly, my last thing I would say to that answer, Tomas, is I started it as a daily blog. It was a daily thing, uh, except for Sundays, and I said. I just said, I'm going to start a daily blog. Here it is if anyone's interested, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if anyone was interested, but I then had to, I set that accountability for myself. And it was like every single day, every single morning, I have to write something and I have to hit publish. I have to do that. And that is what kept me in the game. That when you set a constraint like that, um, to answer part of Lexi's question, if you want to create something like a podcast or a blog or a YouTube channel, there has to be some sort of very base system put in place of how much do I want to produce regularly? Do you guys want to do one episode a week? Do I want to do two YouTube videos every single week? One blog post a week? I would set the expectations very low at the start, but it sounds like, you know, a daily does sound like a high expectation, but again, it could be one sentence. I could literally just type, I don't know what to write in my blog today. Publish. That's the blog. Hope you enjoyed. Whatever gets you to consistently show up, um, that's easy. That's my last to sort of, con- to sort of join these two answers between y- your last two questions. Make it easy for yourself. It does not have to be, uh, you know, if you don't work out at all, you don't have to go, all right, now I'm going to get a gym membership. I'm going to go five days a week and I'm going to do an hour to an hour and a half workout. It's like, no, buddy, why don't you just go one time for like 20 minutes? 
Why don't we start very easy, make it easy. Sustainability is the name of the game, I think, for anything creative. It doesn't matter how quickly you grow. It matters two years from now, are you going to still be able to keep this going? Will you still be doing this two years from now? And that comes from just making it easy, making it fun, and making it consistent. Is is three episodes a week too much for you guys? Just do one episode a week. Do one episode every two weeks. Is that too much? Do an episode every month. Whatever keeps you coming back to the lab, working, doing the work, pushing through, and publishing something. But the only time it fails, quote, fails, is if is when you give up, you know, uh, or, or you quit. It's okay to quit something that's not fulfilling you, but yeah, do you enjoy it? Can you come back to it consistently? If those answer, if the answers are, are yes, then you're in great shape. Um, just keep publishing something, get feedback on it, improve it and keep publishing. It's just that repeated over and over and over and over again. If you just keep doing that, man, you're going to get so good. And then the subscribers will come. The listeners will come. The readers will come. Everything will arrive if you just are consistently doing the thing and just getting better at it. That's really it. It's, you know, it's like the stock market graph. It's like ups and downs, but it, you know, if you look, if you zoom out long enough, it trends up. That's my answer. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, <laughs> mic drop. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think it's, it's not linear and I think that's so important. It's not a direct, like, you know, like I'm going to shoot to the top right away. You know, it's, it's the daily action, which is, I think it's such an important reminder. It's, it's the systems you create, which I'm so glad you spoke to because I think like that alone starts changing your energy, your vibration, the, the stuff you're putting out there, it just, those little changes start to make big shifts over time. It's just so, it's so right on. And we forget, we all want it right now, right? We all want it like instantaneously, mm -hmm. but that's not how like sustainable progress works, right? I think we can all say like, like the quick fix, you know, it's not, it's not really what you're looking for, you know? So it's just, it's a, it's a really important reminder that, you know, that progress, it takes time for something really sustainable. Completely. Yeah. Uh, uh, just, just, just to quickly reply to that. Yeah. It, it was the same with coaching. Uh, when I, when I started full time in March, 2021, and I was like, all right, I want this to be my full time career. I want to be making good money doing this. If anyone were to be like, awesome, Dylan, that's so great, man. Awesome. Awesome. So you can absolutely have that, but for seven months, you're going to be incredibly insecure and anxious about your bills and wondering whether or not you can even make this work. But if you just keep treating it like a full-time job every single week, you know, for seven months, you'll be good. I'd be like, uh, okay, can I, is, but how do I, is there a wait? Can I, can I, how do I get past that? Can I, how do I just like get that right now? It's just like, no, not going to happen. And talking about it now, seven months, that seems like pretty quick, but when you're in it, man, and you don't know where your next bill, where your next, you know, rent payment is going to come from. You just want it now. I'm like, why can't I just have this now? I just want this life now. I want this success now. And like you said, Lexi, it just doesn't work that way.
doesn't work that way. But no one wants no. It, it's such boring advice because no one wants to be told. Like you can't be sold that. Just like, do right. you want a full time life coaching practice? Are you willing to wait years of consistent work where you're questioning yourself? Then join my coaching program. Consistency and persistence. It's like I'm good, man. Yeah the the self doubt is it, so real. Yeah, Tomas, sorry. What were you What were you gonna say? Sorry. No, no, I, I just wanted to bring up because I, I love, I mean, I'm taking so many notes of, of just one-liners and quotes uh, that are really, really great. But Lexi, I know we had some questions kind of prepared beforehand. So is there anything um, you want to ask Dylan that maybe we haven't, that hasn't come up organically already? Something that, you know, very in line with maybe what the listeners want to hear from him. Yeah. So actually in line with the, the self-doubt, I, I'm just curious, Dylan, what you do when you feel out of alignment, when you feel like you're kind of in a bad spot mentally, you know, things like aren't aligning in the way that you would like to kind of feel like your best self. What, what do you do to kind of get back on track? Yeah. It's a, it's a great question. Um, first and foremost, I check in with what I call the health trifecta, which is my sleep, my diet, my exercise, very basic stuff. Very, very simple. But I often find that for myself and for most people, when we're not feeling well, physically or mentally, usually both, we 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 almost want to jump to like what's what, but what is happening? Like what is like what's and it's just like oh, I haven't gotten eight hours of sleep in a week and a half. It's like oh wow, like I've only been eating garbage, you know consistently or i've been consuming too much caffeine or i've been you know like just like consuming nicotine every day for the last month and a half it's just like huh interesting okay well how do i expect myself to feel when i'm getting no sleep and i'm you know drinking a ton of coffee and i'm not exercising and i'm eating fast food like whatever it may be am i getting 7 to 9 hours of sleep on a consistent basis am i exercising for me i like to go to the gym three times a week am i what am i eating am i eating a lot of garbage what have i eaten this week and i think checking in with those things first as basic as it sounds solves a lot of problems for a lot of people it's like oh i haven't worked out in a week and a half been eating garbage and i haven't been sleeping it's like what do you think you're gonna feel like so that's that's the first thing and then when it comes to my work, any sort of feeling of overwhelm, it's really just how clearly defined and broken down are my tasks, whether it's for work, whether it's for creative projects, whether it's for errands to run or chores, what are my to-dos and do I actually know what they are? Can I articulate them in a single sentence perfectly clear? So for example, if you want to build a website, Say you guys wanted to build a website for this podcast. What do you think would be easier to, 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 to show up and start working on on your to-do list? Work on website or outline the menu for the homepage of the website? It's like if you sit down and you look at your to-do list and it says work on website, you'd be like, well, what, is, what, what, do they, what does that mean? Where do I start? What, is, <laughs> what do I work on? What do you mean? Just the whole website? Do I build the about me page? Do I start working on the homepage? Do I, what pictures am I going to use? What's the menu going to say? What's our, ho what's our domain name? It's like, 
Break it down. Define it. Maybe one task is go on godaddy.com and look at domain names. Pick three that sound good to you. Bring those three to Lexi. See what she thinks. Like every single set of complex to-dos and projects, it can be broken down into very, 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 very simple, doable, actionable items. So to combine those two, I always say to get Megadil, you combine clean health with very clearly defined work. If I'm incredibly healthy and I'm, you know, I, I drink from time to time, but like if I'm sober, well-rested, hydrated, well-fed, you know, fit, that plus I know exactly what I'm working on and when I'm working on it very clearly because it's when our work is unclear that makes it easy to procrastinate and prolong, right? Work on website. Oh my God. Yeah, I'll get to that later. Yeah, I'll work on my website later. But pick three potential domain names. Just do that now. What are you talking about? Just do it right now. It's so simple. You could go, you could get that Dylan, done in five minutes. I, I, I can't, I'm dying over here as you explain this because I've had on my like weekly goals for a couple of weeks, work on web website. <laughs> and, uh, and I made some progress. And then every, you know, I'll, you know, start the week, okay, work on website. But I've gotten to a point where I'm just like, I just, where, like, w what's next? And, and I'm hearing you talk to this and I'm like, you idiot, Tomas. Like, like, of course. Because I'm, and it's just like, wow, wow. Like, I know that. And then just hearing it again today from you, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You know, and even if it's simple, it's for me, it's like, okay, go look at other people's bio page and, and, and choose one or change the menu or explore different menu options. Like, not that. It's just work, just get it done. Just get the whole <laughs> thing. And, it, yeah. and it's like, I have a website, but just like restructuring and, and, you know, there's a lot more to put on there. And I'm a, I'm a different coach in person from when it started. But it's just so funny that the vagueness that I was working from, from what you're describing, I was like, wow, that is, that is so true. Um, and when, I, I, when it's, when it's, sorry to cut you off, but when it's mm -hmm. vague, it's scary. When yeah. it's vague, yeah. it is scary. Mm -hmm. And when it's scary, we put it off. If it's scary, we procrastinate. We're like, I'll do it later. It's just, but we don't know that we're just confused. We don't know where mm -hmm. to start. And I do the same thing, man. I've had, uh, you know, I, I, I talk about this all the time, but for the last several weeks, I've just had like taxes, 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 taxes. I'm like, eh, eh, next day, eh, it's not April yet. Eh, next oh, day. yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, buddy, how about we do January 2022 expenses? Let's just do January. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. It's so <laughs> simple. It's just like, well, just define it. If it seems scary, if there seems like there's this nebulous big task and you don't know where to start, just break it down into the simplest, smallest, bite-sized steps. So yeah, Megadil equals clean health plus very clear work. When I have those things, it's very hard for me not to be in a flow state. And, uh, well, I can continue, continue with my answer, but I, I cut you off, Tomas. I think there was more that you wanted to say. Kind of what you were talking about, because uh, you're doing so many things. And I, and I think I'm hearing kind of the, the system and the process for how you take, you know, six, seven, eight massive projects and really just bring everything down to actionable, bite-sized, clear, intentional um, action. 
that you can take. And, um, but where does that, where does that tenacity, where does that follow through come from? And, and this question to me is in the sense of, since I've known you in two years, you know, you said, I want to start a podcast. And in my head, I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. I'm going to write a book. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. And then, you know, you're about to move to Argentina for a couple of months. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's, that sounds about right. You know, just because you want to. Um, and I think I have an idea of like how that's kind of worked for you in, in terms of I've done things and that's given me confidence and belief that I can do the next cool, hard thing. But can you speak to a little bit about what is that idea generator for you? You know, is it what's the most cool and fun, exciting thing? And then where does that follow through come from? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to pack up my life and move to Argentina. Sounds good. Can you kind of speak into a little bit of, of how you decide what's the next thing and then take the steps to making that a reality? Yeah, it's a big question. I think my answer is just very simple. I just do the things that I want to do. and. I don't do the things that I don't want to do. And I think that's always been true for me. But if you look at the story that I told, it's only until very recently where I've had the skills and the habits and the wherewithal to actually do something about that. You know, a high school student who doesn't do anything he wants, who doesn't do the things he doesn't want to do, that's not going to bode well for him in high school because you have to do things that you don't want to do. And I'm not saying that I live this life of just pure euphoria every single day, but again, the constraint is, what do I want to do now? How do I make that happen? That's really it. So it's really just as simple as, I don't know, man, I just want to do these things. I want to go to a new place. I want to learn Spanish. Um, I haven't, I feel like when I was getting my life together in my twenties, all of my friends were going to different places and exploring and I don't know. I was busy at home working at the Cheesecake Factory trying to learn how to run a podcast and eventually start a business. So there are some there are certainly some itches that I haven't scratched yet, but it's really just like what do I want to do? And this this idea of like a why comes to mind. And for a while like with coaching for example, so I was like, "So why do you why life coaching?" You know, like what's your why? And I love the like Start With Why by Simon Sinek, one of my favorite books. That was huge for me. But honestly, my why is like, I just want it. I like it. I like it and I make money. It's fun. But like, but like, is it to dedicate your life to service? And it is like, no, I just like it. I like coaching. I'm good at it. Makes money. Get to talk to people. Get to help people. It's great. It's very, very simple. Why, but but why are I'm not saying that you're saying this, but like but why but why Argentina is is there this essence of I just want to go, yeah I'd like to go, you know why a podcast it's fun I like it no it's, it's really it's, it's it's really good uh, sorry to interrupt because Lexi and I have talked a lot on air and off air about spending so much time in doing things we didn't want to do mm-hmm. and like the perfect amount of time where it's like I don't want to do that anymore. And maybe that's everything. Maybe that's getting older. Maybe that's giving myself more permission to stop trying being other things and and maybe just be me and be more comfortable being me and doing the things I want to do. I think that's also just growing up. Um, 
but but spending so much time doing things they didn't want to do and it hmm. hits a point where it's like where if i can find a way to make money doing what i want to do i'm going to do that and i'm going to work for whatever that and and lexi i know we we've talked to that so can you kind of speak to that you know that experience that we've we've gone through and talked about a little bit yeah and it's like it's like this big wake up moment it's like when you realize when you're getting pulled to things you no longer want to do versus the joy of the things you do want to do right and like and the more you follow the joy or sometimes I talk about where it's warm, what feels good, rather than where where it feels cold. The more you you the more you follow that, the less that other stuff you think you should do, it just becomes less attractive, you know. And um, I was talking about this with Tomas, I think maybe a month or so ago, but just the idea of auditioning because I'm also an actor. That's one of the other things I do. And just like kind of, you know, it's kind of what you have to do as an actor, right? Is do the auditions. When you get it in, you got to set up all the equipment, you know, do a bunch of takes. And there was something about that. And I've done that for years where like, you know, I'm, I'm really starting to move away from that because I feel like it's not me. That's for somebody else, right? That's somebody else's goal. I feel like that doesn't align with things that um, light me up right? It's this, it's, it's in that list of shoulds, right? And it's, and it no longer feeds me. It no longer, um, lights me up. Right. So, um, and the other things I do do that. Right. So it's like, why am I still continuing to kind of like make myself a feel bad, stressed, overworked with these, with this other thing that just doesn't give me that joy, you know, and it's like giving yourself permission to let go of something, which is so hard, right? Or just like having something evolve, right? And being okay with where it goes, you know, if it, if it's making you happier, you know, and it's, 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 it's a big shift. And part, I, you know, I think I'm still working on that. I think to a certain extent, many of us are still working on that too. But the more you follow the joy it just becomes so less attractive. Um, it becomes smaller. That should pulls a little less, you know, the more you follow the joy, or at least that's been my experience. Yeah, that was really good. And uh, I was looking up uh, a tweet while you guys were, were bringing this up. I love this topic. And it's from Alex Hermosi. And he tweets, the Queen of England died five months ago. She ruled an entire nation and accumulated more wealth than 99.99% of humans. And yet, you haven't thought about her except for this tweet. <laughs> You're going to die. Everyone will move on. Do what you want. Do what you want. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, may, I'm sure there are people who maybe think about her more regularly than other people. But you're saying follow the joy. And yeah, we're just talking about leaning more into the things that you actually want to spend your time doing, stepping away from the things that just, I would say, certainly drain you. Of course, you know, if you want to be an actor, you have to go to auditions. If you want to run a business, you have to do your taxes. There are things that have to be done, of course. But I heard someone. I was just oh. scratching my face. And it could also have been uh, my, my birds I thought outside. Gonna, I thought someone was going to jump in. <laughs> oh, well, actually. No, you were in a flow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, not what? to interrupt. But I, um, but actually, yeah, just to, just to, just, just to your point you just said about like the things that, you know, go along with doing the thing. Totally. Totally. But for me, just to elaborate a little bit about the switch I made is that like, I don't need to rely on other people to give me permission to create. Right. So that was kind of the switch. Right. I can mm -hmm. now create. On my own, I don't need, 
like, you know, to book a short film or to book a commercial to give me permission to be the creator, the natural creator I am, right? So that switch, like, so I do much more of my own work now. I have my own community that I, you know, and it's funny when I, when I made the switch, I started getting more work. The work just started coming to me, which is crazy, right? You know, you, you know, I become less of a victim of the circumstance and more of like an actual magnet, right? I'm, I've decided I'm going to be a creator and I'm going to put my feelers out that way. And it just starts coming to you more. So yeah, just to elaborate on the difference, because I totally agree. I think you need to be, you need to be willing to put in the work. Totally. Um, but it's, it's the kind of work I meant. Yeah. Just to be more specific. Well, I, I love that. Cause now what you're kind of getting into Lexi with that is when we, and you can call it whatever universe manifestation in action, but when we give our, when I gave myself permission to like, oh, I'm going to do the things I want to do. I'm going to find my joy and I'm going to pursue that. And it's, uh, you know, and then I can build some things and, and, and I have to like, okay, get income, pay bills. But then it's like, I get to be here with all of you on a Thursday morning at 10 a.m. in the middle of the day on this podcast. And as I'm doing that, you know, then I know other things start to, people come into my life that are in line with what I want to be doing and what I'm creating. And, and I want to bring that to you, Dylan, because um, in your in your book and in your um, podcast, you've interviewed some really freaking cool people. You know, you have um, interviewed in the podcast and, and for your book, Eric Rosen, who is a uh, chess streamer on Twitch and YouTube, who has over 600,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, you've also interviewed Cortland Allen, the CEO and founder of IndieHackers.com. So as you're doing these things and moving to these spaces, like how can you kind of get into, so as you're like, I'm okay, I'm locked in. I know what I want. I'm going to do what I want. That's what I want. And as you're taking more and more and more action, and then things start to happen through immense amounts of action. But can you kind of go into that? Like, how did, how did you get to talk to these, these, these people? And, and how did you, how did everything around you kind of start pulling towards you when you really knew this is, this is what I want to be doing? How did I have conversations with these people? I did something honestly pretty revolutionary and insanely complex. <laughs> I emailed them. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I just emailed them. <laughs> but like what time of day and how many? <laughs> <laughs> I, I emailed them and I... In building the coaching business, as you know, Tomas, the way that we create mm -hmm. clients and the way that we connect with people is we reach out to them. Mm -hmm. We run on the assumption that no one is coming and no one is here. No one is going to feed you success or connections or money. Again, it is entirely up to you. And so I just reached out to people. I said, hey, I'm doing, uh, I, hey, here's a personal thing. Here's something about you that I very much respect. So you mm -hmm. know that I am not just copying and pasting this message to a bunch of people on LinkedIn. Hey, Tomas, Lexi, love your podcast. Really loved that episode with Dylan. He sounds incredibly handsome and really, really talented. Yeah. Great job. I'm, you know, here's who I am. I'm actually writing a book on people who do podcasts about sexy people. I would love <laughs> to interview you guys see if you guys would be down so you guys hear this you go wow okay he clearly 
listens to this episode. He knows who we are. This is not just a bot spamming a bunch of inboxes. And he's very, he's, it's a very clear ask. I'd love to interview you guys hour of your time, no more, no less. Is that something that you would like to do? It's a very specific ask, you know, especially if you're reaching out to people who have big platforms or a lot of people in their inbox, probably something personal. So they know you're a real human being and it, this is like an actual thing. They know who you are. Very clear and concise ask and just, you know, be polite, be respectful and give them an out. That's another thing. Hey, you, you probably have so much in your plate. You probably have to say no to most requests. Totally okay if you're not interested in this, but had to ask. See ya. Um, that's really it. I just send, I sent a lot of those and I send those every Monday uh, because I still need people to be on my podcast. And so I just reach out to people and some, most people don't respond. That's completely okay. And dude, when Eric responded to my email to this day, it sounds so cheesy to this day. That is one of the most successful I've ever felt in my entire life because I've been watching him for years. I love chess. I've been watching his channel. I've seen basically every video of his. And when I opened my my inbox one day, it just said Eric, like new email from Eric. And I was like, huh, Eric. And Eric is my accountant. That's the only person I could think of. And I was like, <laughs> and it was like the middle of fall. And I was like, oh no, what did I like? Did I mess up? Like, did I, I was like, man, did I ruin something in my taxes? And I clicked it. And it was just a response from Eric and it said Eric Rosen. And right when I saw Eric Rosen, my heart just sank. I stood up. I was in this chair. I stood up and I like put my hands over my mouth and I was like, no way, no, no chance. And I read it. He said, hey, Dylan. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to be interviewed by you. I'm traveling right now. Can we pick a time for next month? And I was like, I, I made it. I think I was like, like making... No, like I, I was doing definitely making some like high pitched noises and I was like dancing, jumping up and down. Can you please uh, act that out for us? Yeah, it was like, oh, that's all. It was like, yay, awesome, <laughs> great, <laughs> excellent, something like that. But I just remember that um, and, and so many other people that I was just like shocked that they answered my email. But I think that to me, just because of what he meant to me and my the creations that I've enjoyed and the content that I've consumed. That was really a moment where I was like, whoa, these are just people like the, like there's another human being at the, there's a human being on the other side of that inbox and you will absolutely never know what they're going to say to you unless you send them an email and be very okay with them not responding. Mm -hmm. That's completely okay. So that was big for me interviewing him. I remember the first 15 minutes he was in my zoom and I remember like zoning out almost because I was like, is Eric Rosen in my Zoom right now? This is, just, I don't actually believe this is real. But we had a lovely conversation, one of my favorite conversations I've ever had. And, you know, I'm, he's in my book. I like, we have emailed back and forth about logistics for the book. And um, yeah, Cortland too. I mean, all these people, it, it, I think one of the best things about doing creative pursuits that, yeah, you guys, I'm sure, have experienced and will continue to experience to a much greater extent is you build relationships with people that you don't actually know that you're going to build relationships with. People that you look up to, people that whose content you can you consume. Excuse me. Anyway, um, creating something and collaborating with other people, doing that for long periods of time, man, your net like your network just grows. And I interviewed 
the this weekend's episode that comes out. It's gonna it's this guy Jake from Rattlesnake TV. I've been loving his channel for like two months since I found it. I interviewed him. He's gonna be yeah, the this this weekend's episode, like I said, we've been WhatsApping back and forth. Like we're like bros now. We're like buddies and we're talking about cameras and content creation. He's way more successful on YouTube than I am. And it's like I have a friend now and we can like connect over this mutual experience that we have of creating content, sharing it with the world, trying to get better. I like told I like watch some of his videos and tell him what I think. And he's like, Oh, awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll make this changes. I'm like, man, man, what's like, what are you listening to me for? Like you have 70,000 subscribers. I'm just a little piss ant, but you just never really know what relationships you're going to build. And I, I don't even remember the original question, but the last thing I would say is whatever platform a person has, however much money they have, whatever their audience size, like these are just human beings. And I've definitely grown, not accustomed to but you know once you start reaching out to people and they agree to give you their time and energy you just kind of start to you build the strength of mm, the imposter syndrome goes away the imposter syndrome goes yeah. away at first it's like why would eric, why would eric rosen want to talk to me and now it's like well i've interviewed eric rosen you know i interview creators i just am this a person who does this thing now and it's really good for the confidence and yeah like i said if you just keep doing it the, traje the trajectory just continues. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said about imposter syndrome because it's so real when you're starting something or even when you're in the middle of something. Sometimes when you're on the precipice of doing something really big, when you, you know, it can come in, you know, and it's just, you know, how it's not real. It's a feeling, right? It has not, it's not based in reality. Um, so yeah, no, I appreciate you just pointing that out. And I, yeah, the thing about imposter syndrome, the, one thing I will say is I heard a great quote on imposter syndrome from Chris Williamson is one of my favorite podcasters. He runs the modern wisdom podcast. And he said, if you have continued in your career, in your life, in your projects, in your work, whatever, if you've continued to level up, you've continued to gain skills and learn new things and improve in things, and you still experience this level of imposter syndrome, you still feel like, ah, but like, who am I? You know, like, I don't really know what I'm doing. What makes you think that the only way to get rid of that is more experience, is more success? You've proven to yourself already that this is just a feeling that stays with you. And if you get to the next level, whatever that next level is, you're going to probably, all the evidence in the world tells you that you're just going to feel the exact same way. So at some point, you have to just go, you know what? I think I, I'm good at certain things. I'm not good at other things. Let me just keep doing what I want to do. And that's certainly another thing as I've interviewed. Yeah. Content creators. I almost had it in my head like, oh, well, I have this many subscribers. But when I talk to this person who has 300,000 subscribers, they, they have it figured out. They have it figured out. I don't have it figured out. And then you talk to them and they're like, yeah. And I still, to this day, I'm like, man, I, I don't really know what I'm doing. Like, it's the same across the board. Um, there are smart people, there are dumb people, there are really kind people, there are assholes at like every level, every echelon of, I don't know, business, content, politics, like we're all just human beings. And what is the Steve Jobs quote? The entire world around you was built by people who are no smarter than you. And I truly, truly believe that. And yeah, whatever the industry I'm 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 falling off the rails here. So one of you guys take over, but I just want yeah, to share. Yeah, no, that. it's um, 
I, I love this. And, and, and what really sticks out for me is, you know, you reach out to people that you think are so unapproachable and out of your league. And then they're like, hey, what's up? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. And, uh, you they're know, sending emojis. Like emojis. <laughs> dope, dope, dope. Thumbs up, thumbs up. <laughs> you know? And it just immediately, you're just, your mind is just like, oh, wow. And then, and then, like even the way you talked about this this gentleman from Rattlesnake TV, and now you're like texting back on WhatsApp, and you guys are bros. But it, but it makes me think of uh, what I'm just, I guess, calling right now is like the lighthouse effect, right? When we, when we are in what we're supposed to be doing and want to do, and what what we're in that lights us up, right? A new energy takes over, and all three of us have experiences are are in it, and um, and a lot of people look at us and be like. Who is Dylan like putting up this blog? Like, who does he think he is? A newsletter? Like, da da da. Like, so, and then it's maybe people not doing what makes them happy, you know? And then mm-hmm. there are people like, oh, dude, oh, you're doing a newsletter? Like, yeah, what do you write about? How do you find that? It's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing a YouTube show too. Like, oh my God, we should. And you just find other people. I mean, we, we had this. I've known you for two years and we talk all the time. You visit me, you know, all because we're, we're just, we're very in line with like, who who we are and what we want and you find other people who are like who who they are and love who they are and like doing what they're doing and we just attract other people in that like yeah yeah yeah. what are you doing what are you interested in and um and that you can find someone that you know was essentially an idol or someone you had on a pedestal and now it's like someone that you're chatting uh and sending poop emojis to on whatsapp (laughs) so i just i love then that that next evolution of Oh, these people I looked up to are now my peers, and and we're just what, what else are we collaborating on? What's what's next? What's next for me? You know, what's what's next for what I want to do? Completely, two things come to mind there, which is Ryan Toomey, who's another guy I had on my podcast. He's got like million plus followers on TikTok. He's a van lifer, and he creates content around that. So he just lives in his van by himself. It's a beautiful, gorgeous van, and he just makes TikToks, and he's he's grown tremendously on YouTube as well. And he said, I'd never heard this before, but he said, when you're creating something, people will ask you why you did it until they ask you how you did it. So mm-hmm. this lighthouse effect that I'm that I'm hearing, like if you just continue stick at something, I guess the big the name of the game of this conversation is consistency. What are you going to stick with for a long period of time where you're completely okay that you don't experience any intense results right away? You just stick with something because you enjoy it because it fulfills you in some way, shape, or form. And yeah, I just remember, I don't know, if anyone did do that and was like, why is Dylan, maybe you felt that way, Tomas. Maybe you're just kind of projecting uh, your own emotions and experiences. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I think a lot of people think like, oh, well, I can't start a podcast. I can't start a YouTube channel. Because like, well, what if people, what if people watch it and they make fun of me? And it's just like that's most likely not going to happen. What's going to happen is people just won't watch it. That's really it. I think people are so afraid of being judged in the beginning of their creations. But what really happens, the problem is not being judged; it's being ignored. People are not going to tune in week after week just to make fun of you and your bad podcast. They're just not going to listen to your podcast. And so that is incredibly freeing because it frees up all this time and space to just experiment, to do what you actually want to do, and to just go for it. You have nothing to lose. People already aren't tuning in. So you aren't going to disappoint anybody by doing kind of bad work. 
So just do bad work, do it all the time, get better at it and make better work. And then once you start making that better work, people won't be asking, oh, like you have a podcast. They'll just listen to your podcast and go, wow, this is good. Like, how'd you guys start? Like, oh, like, how'd you get the idea? Blah, blah, blah. They'll ask you why you did it until they ask you how you did it. That was one thing. And then the second thing is on attracting people that are more like you, that's something that I've definitely noticed these past two years in particular, which is for better or for worse, and I don't mean this as arrogant, it's just the truth. I genuinely, I've kind of lost friends. I've lost touch with certain friends because at this point, I just personally cannot connect deeply with anybody if they are not pursuing something. If they're not trying to level up in some way, shape, or form, um, not saying that they have to be an entrepreneur, they have to be a content creator, but if someone is just living a life, I just find, I don't know, we, I just find I don't really have much to talk about. I don't really have a lot of curious questions that I want to ask, um, as opposed to what Tomas just brought up, which is like someone who is pursuing something, whether it's, I don't know, getting better at their job, whether it is a series of passions or hobbies that have nothing to do with work, whether it is a side hustle, whether it is some sort of business that they're trying to run, whatever it may be, if there is a pursuit there, I'm fascinated. If there is a creation there, they're building something. If they're trying to improve something, I'm fascinated. Tell me about it. And that's why I love my podcast because I can ask questions all day for someone who's building something, especially something like YouTube, which I personally love. So, Wow, yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, I'm thinking, um, is there anything else we, we, we want to get at last question or, or, or are we feeling good about just the wealth of information and, and energy and, and insight that Dylan's given us today? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have any last questions. I think, you know, it's been, it's been such a, a pleasure to talk to you, Dylan, and hear, you know, your journey, your insights, your discoveries, I think will be so valuable for anybody who listens to this podcast. Um, it's, you, you know, there's a lot to get out of, a lot to get out of it. Um, and so thank you so much for sharing all of, all of that, all of that you shared. Thank you guys. Yeah. Like I said, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Huge honor. And um, I mean, lastly, just can you please tell people, how they can find you, where to find you, the, the formats, you know, can you just tell everyone and our listeners uh, where's the best place to check out more about, you know, your insights and, and who you are? Dills.blog, exactly as, as it sounds. <laughs> and yeah, listen to my podcast, The YouTuber's Guide to the Galaxy, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. And also check out his website, uh, because then you can find the newsletter, which I subscribe to, which is dillantaylor.com, D-I-L-L-A-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R.com. I was looking at it, and I almost uh, spelled it wrong out loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tricky uh, one. Well, <laughs> well, well guys, uh, Dylan, thank you so much. Lexi, I love you. Uh, Everyone, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll we'll see you on the next one. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you, Dylan, again for stopping by. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.